Welcome to For Real Conversations, a podcast discussing the heartwarming and sometimes challenging world of life with our pets. I'm Lauren, a clinical animal behaviourist, and I'm going to embark on a journey to have honest conversations, discuss realities and share stories of the joy, love, occasional chaos, and let's be honest, sometimes stress and anxiety that our fairy friends bring into our lives. When it comes to our pets, the conversations here are for real. So in today's episode of For Real Conversations, I wanted to have a discussion around the topic of obedience. So I think obedience is a really common term used within the dog training world. And I thought I'd just pop it into Google and see what comes up as a definition. And what came up is compliance with an order, request or law or submission to another's authority. So I think that that makes sense, doesn't it? And I completely see why the term obedience is used when we're talking about training dogs, because when you're training a dog, you want the dog to do what you're asking. However, I have a bit of a problem with the word obedience because Just as the definition says, it implies that we are expecting the dog to do what we ask, no matter what. So the dog has very little control over the situation and it's very much based on the idea that they do as they're told, basically. And I think that's a concept that we used to have where children were expected to do as they were told and they weren't allowed to necessarily have a say in the situation or make their opinions known. They were just expected to sort of be seen and not heard. And I think that's changed a lot these days. We now accept that children have a right to be understood and to feel confident and in a situation and to show their emotions. And I think that should be the same with dogs. And that's why I have a problem with the word obedience, because I don't think we should be expecting our dogs to comply with an order. I think we should be building relationships with our dog and training our dogs so that they they want to train with us. They want to be involved and we had this mutual relationship where everyone's on the same page and everyone's hopefully enjoying the situation and having a good experience. When we consider that a dog is having to comply with an order or our authority, it gives the dog very little control over the situation and that can be problematic if the dog decides they don't want to be involved or they're showing signs of discomfort or a negative emotional state, suggesting that they don't really want to continue. And so another word I have a bit of a problem with is the word command, because again, that implies that the dog is being ordered to do something. A word I much prefer is the the use of the word cue, which implies you're asking your dog, you're cueing them to do something. So they have some degree of control over the situation. They can have a say in it. So I'm not saying that we should just let dogs ignore whatever we ask, but we should be taking into consideration how they're experiencing the training we're doing with them, how they're experiencing the situation. What are what is their emotional state? Are they experiencing negative emotions or are they having a good time? Are they enjoying it? Personally, when I'm training with Ivy, I want her to be enjoying it. I like the fact we have a mutual relationship. We train together. She loves it as much as I do. So we have great fun together because we both want to be there. We both want to 
do it. However, I do always make sure I'm watching out for any signs that she might be frustrated or worried or just feeling conflicted or maybe just like not into it that day. Maybe she's just really tired and just doesn't want to do it. So for me, that's what training is all about. And that's why the word obedience can be problematic because it implies that the dog has no choice and they just have to get on with it. So I think a lot of the time the word is probably used when what people really mean is that they just want a well-trained, well-mannered dog. And that's that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, we all want our dogs to be well-mannered and be able to live alongside us without causing us significant frustrations. However, we do also need to take into account that when we're living with dogs, they are another species. So they they do have their own species-specific behaviours, which they do need outlets for. So common ones are sniffing, digging, chewing, barking sometimes. Obviously, all these things can be a bit frustrating if your dog starts doing these in inappropriate situations. For example, if you've got a beautifully manicured garden that you're super proud of and your dog starts digging holes everywhere, that can be a bit annoying. But it's important to remember that your dog is showing you that they've got a buildup of energy. They are feeling the need to dig and it's not naughty. It is a normal behavior. If we think about dogs in their natural environment or if you think about feral populations of dogs, digging is something they would regularly do if they have the opportunity. So it's really great to provide our dogs with outlets for these natural behaviors. So rather than letting them dig up your lovely lawn, you could create them a sandpit or a digging area with loose soil somewhere out of sight, maybe around the back of a shed or in a disused corner and bury some toys for them and maybe scatter some treats and really encourage them when they do show an interest in that area. And then you're giving them an outlet for that behavior. So they're getting the opportunity to to dig and release their energy and do natural doggy things, but in a much more appropriate, less frustrating way for you. So it's all about that understanding between our dogs. So rather than just expecting them to obey us and be obedient and not dig because we say so, it's actually going, okay, well, I don't want you digging here because it's frustrating and annoying, but I know you need to dig and I know you want to dig and you enjoy digging. So I'm going to give you an outlet for it in a more appropriate way that works for us both. So sometimes it just takes a little bit of creative thinking and thinking outside the box of how you can make it work. Now, maybe you need to, if you don't have any, opportunity to to create that for your dog at home maybe go out for a walk and find some digging opportunities um so i think another really common one is sniffing i think many people have probably experienced being out on a walk and their dog is just stopping to sniff sniff again more sniffing constant sniffing and it can feel like you're never getting anywhere because they just all they want to do is sniff and again sniffing is an incredibly important sense to our dog They have really powerful noses compared to us and they take in so much information through their noses. So again, they need outlets to do that. And it's actually really, really beneficial for us when we do give them outlets for their sniffing behavior because what it does is it uses their brain. Processing smells takes a lot of mental energy. So that's really good for then tiring your dog out because you're going to have a much more content dog when you then get home from your walk if they've had lots of opportunities to engage their brain through using their nose and processing smells. So definitely something to encourage. Obviously, if your dog is just constantly stopping to sniff and you're maybe on a tight time schedule, maybe you only have time to walk around the block and you haven't got time to just constantly stop sniffing, then think about how you can give your dog outlets for that sniffing behavior in other ways. So maybe at home you could 
take some of their food and just scatter it out in the garden to get them sniffing it out using a nose or go out and find some really interesting things in the environment for your dog. So I'm thinking interesting in terms of for the dog, not for you. So things like leaves or pine cones or twigs, just collect a load of stuff up and then scatter it around the garden for your dog to sniff. Because what you, you'll have done there is you'll have brought in loads of interesting new smells for your dog to process. So hopefully you'll find that will attract their attention and they'll go around sniffing. So you're again, providing them an outlet for a really important canine behavior. That kind of obedience concept comes down to the idea of relationships. And personally with my dogs, I want a mutual relationship. I want my dogs to understand me and I want to be able to understand them. And I think by taking that obedient approach where they're expected to comply and obey doesn't really take into account how they're experiencing the situation and that way we tend to ignore what they're experiencing and from my experience professionally and personally that can be problematic because sooner or later the dog is going to get fed up and they're going to tell you how they're feeling and from my experience that tends to lead to problematic situations such as aggression situations where people end up getting bitten which is obviously what we all want to avoid. It's an interesting concept and I think we're definitely moving away from the idea of obedience and more towards mutual relationships with our dogs, which is great. And I really hope it does continue on that way. I actually had a really interesting conversation with somebody the other day. It was actually somebody at my local vets and we were talking about my role as a behaviourist and they said to me that they'd only ever once met a decent behaviourist. So they implied that they'd met quite a few over the years, but they said they'd only ever met one who was decent. So I thought that was interesting. So I asked them if they could expand on what made them think this behaviourist was decent. So they talked about the situation where a dog they knew had gone to a, a trainer of this behaviourist who took the dogs in for a few weeks and did the training with the dog without the owners. And then it, they then went on to put on this display to show how obedient the dog was and the dogs then the dog then went away back to its owner. And this display apparently showed this dog behaving absolutely perfectly. So the dog came out and was just walking to heel and doing all these perfect things. And so that's why he he thought that this behaviorist was brilliant, because this dog was complying to everything the behaviorist was asking in that moment. So I can I that sounds really impressive, don't get me wrong. And I can understand why someone would watch that and think. That's impressive. That looks great. However, what happens when that dog then goes home with the owner? Does the owner then know how to how to continue things? Does the owner have that relationship with the dog? Does the owner have any relationship with the dog? Because basically, from my point of view, what's happened in those few weeks is the dog's gone off and hasn't built a relationship with the owner. So then when that dog eventually goes home and is reunited with the owner, what happens then? Do they both understand each other? Does does the owner understand the dog? Does the dog understand the owner? It's a completely different environment. The dog's probably going to have a completely different routine. So is all that going to stick? From my experience, probably not because things like environment and routine and relationship between dog and handler can have such a big impact on behavior and training. So yes, something might look really impressive in the moment, but what's actually, what's actually behind that? Are we thinking about how the dog is 
feeling? Are we thinking about the experience the dog is having? What what training has actually gone into that situation? How has the dog been trained to be that obedient? Have we seen that training to understand whether it's actually taking into account the dog's welfare? Probably not. And I'm not saying that that trainer did necessarily use punishment-based techniques, but it is very common for those to be used when we get these really obedient behaviours. So I've recently seen a lot of videos where dogs are walking through cities and the dog is walking with a handler, ignoring anything. So ignoring other dogs, ignoring other people, ignoring absolutely anything, just walking perfectly by the side of the handler. And don't get me wrong, that looks super impressive. You think, wow, that is well-trained, obedient dog. But there it is again, obedient. The dog is obeying. How is that dog feeling? How is that dog experiencing that situation? Is the dog happy? Does the dog want to be there? Does the dog understand? Or has the dog just got no other option? I mean, it's basically shit scared of the consequences to actually dare move away. So personally, I don't want my dogs to feel like that. I want my dogs to want to be in the situation. I want my dogs to feel comfortable and confident and happy. Ultimately, if they're not, then I'm not going to put that in them in that situation. So my dog Poppy would never cope in a situation like that. So I'm just not going to put her in that situation. She doesn't need to be in that situation at all, really, because of our lifestyle, luckily. But I just wouldn't do that to her. It, she would be worried. She would be scared. She would be anxious. So I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm not going to prioritize my dog looking obedient and perfectly trained and not putting a foot out of line over their mental well-being. I want my dogs to be able to express themselves. And yes, that might, might mean sometimes not looking perfect. But for me, what is perfect is a dog being able to be a dog, being able to express themselves. Yes, we want them to express themselves in safe and as appropriate ways as possible. So we don't want our dogs ha to have having to express themselves with aggression, but we do want them to, you know, be able to act a bit goofy if they need to, release some energy, release some tension. That's just being a dog. And the more we understand that and the more we work with them, the better relationship we're going to have. And ultimately, the, the more content they're going to be and probably the more content we're going to be because we're not feeling like we're constantly you know, striving for better, we're needing that obedience. We're, we're just going with our, the situation and going with our dogs and just letting things evolve and, you know, taking a step back if we need to and progressing on when things are going well. And yeah, basically just having that mutual relationship. And for me, that's what training is all about. So yeah, not a fan of the word obedience based on the definition. And I'm sort of hope we start to move away from that more and more. But as I said, it's completely okay to want a trained, well-mannered dog, but we can absolutely achieve those things through understanding and training where our dog understands the situation, our dog wants to be in the situation. And if they don't want to be in the situation, actually taking account of why that is. So looking deeper into the problem, are they in pain? You know, is there something that's actually causing them physical discomfort, which is why they're not wanting to do what we're asking? Are they just scared? Is something causing them fear or worry, which is why they're, they're not wanting to do something. Are they frustrated? Are they just not understanding the situation? Are we preventing them from getting something they really want? So we need to think about these things. And the more we think about these things and actually really consider the experience on both sides of the training relationship, 
in my opinion, the more success we're going to have. And with the situation I discussed where the person I was chatting with said that they'd only ever met one decent behaviorist based on the experience of seeing them produce an obedient dog in that moment. If that's how we're measuring it, if we're measuring success on obedience in that one moment, is, is that the sort of success we want? Personally, no. Personally, I want success over the long term and I want success to consider different factors such as, is the dog behaving appropriately for the situation? How is the dog experiencing the situation? Are they comfortable? Are they happy? Is the handler happy? And do, are they able to read the dog? You know, how is that relationship between them? Is the dog able to then go away into other situations and feel confident, feel able to express themselves? That's the sort of thing I base success on. So I think really it's it's very difficult to to judge a behaviorist ability to work with dogs based on one situation because it's just way more complicated than that. And we need to actually be working with dogs and their owners or the handlers to build that relationship because it's all very well producing obedience with with a dog and handler where the dog is then going to be passed on. But how is that dog actually going to then go on in the future? Has time been taken to actually build that relationship up with the the person they're going to be living with and experiencing life with? Um, so yeah, that's my musings on the word obedience. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you for joining us for For Real Conversations. I'd love to learn more about the experiences you've had with your pets. So message me on social media or drop me an email to let me know what conversations you want to hear. If you'd like to learn more about me and my dog or cat behaviour support options, you can head to my website, wagonpairpetbehaviour.co.uk. I'll be back soon to continue these for real and honest conversations. So until next time, remember, it's okay to take things one paw at a time. Thank you.